after having a moment to spend some time with family and friends and hopefully thank some military veterans along the way after a great Memorial Day weekend, some great food. We're back, baby. We are back like we never left. Back like four flats on a Cadillac, a real caddy. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, the hottest show on the streets on a Wednesday hump day, giving you your Alabama football news live from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you on YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on, hit that bell so that way you can have all the news, notes, information, and commentary on your favorite program that being the Crimson Tide. We also got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well. So no excuse whatsoever for you not to be locked on to the number one ticket here for your favorite football program. John Ivory, I know I owe you a pork steak, and I'm going to get you that, John Ivory. Please do not jump to the wall and get me, John. You are going to get your pork steak. I owe you that much. Our own John Ivory here in the building kicking it here with us on the ones and twos we got a lot to get to on on today's show a lot to talk about a lot to get into the conversation table from a running back entering the transfer portal to other shakeups on the alabama roster we're going to even get into a fun conversation because i feel like right now is the time it's the summer not much is going on, so we can have these types of in-depth uh, debates, dialogue, and conversation. So I'm even going to get into you know, my five most underrated players in Alabama in the Nick Saban era, my five underrated players. That's going to be fun. It's going to be cool to chop it up and talk about. But first and foremost, how about a shout-out for Alabama softball? Patrick Murphy, Montana Fouts, Bailey Hemphill, and the ladies have made it to Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series after handling business in the Super Regionals against Kentucky. The Crimson Tide draw. Well, it drew Arizona for its first matchup. That's a tough draw. But I feel like Alabama and company, the girls, are going to be able to get that thing done there on of a softball field for uh, the college with the women's college world series so shouts out to the softball also shouts out to coach bohannon and the baseball team for the first time since 2014 bama baseball in the ncaa tournament this is huge for coach bohannon and the baseball program and it just feels like all of the major athletic venues for alabama They've either won championships this season or at least made it deep into postseason action when you look at football, men's basketball, women's basketball, gymnastics, softball, baseball. I think um, you know, the wheelchair basketball teams made it in there also. Track and field team, you know, national championship. Also, the rowing team made the postseason. So, championship school, championship vibes, Bama getting it done. All across the board, and of course, last but not least, a shout out to two of the most legendary pillars of Alabama football history, Sean Alexander and Sylvester Kroom. Both have been named to the 2022 ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. Congrats to both of those genuine, genuine great men there, and Sean Alexander 
and one Sylvester Croom. We want you guys being a part of today's show. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That's number to dial to let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. But we got a couple of super chats. You guys are already starting with the love and support. Dallas Schwartz then two-stepped his way in here with that $25 donation. Appreciate that love from Dallas. And the man Willie Beeman from Philly, the city of Bradley Love, what's going on, big homie? Willie Beeman, that $20 donation, helping us out here on the show. Appreciate both Dallas Schwartz and Willie Beeman. That daily super chat go, $75 there, daily super chat go. But let's jump into the first topic of conversation. And we've discussed this throughout the offseason, people. We knew coming into the ball game that it was going to be hard for Nick Saban and Alabama to keep seven running backs on the roster. We knew it was going to be virtually impossible for that to happen. And if it would have happened, we would have been praising the psychology of Coach Saban to keep all of the mental egos in check and have all seven guys on the roster. But we knew from Jump Street that it was not going to be an easy endeavor for him to do and as of Tuesday that being yesterday the first domino in the running back room has fallen as Keelan Robinson has entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal now it was not shocking for fans to understand or to see a running back go on the portal what was shocking was the name because for most people it's we don't mind seeing a uh, you know, a third-string defensive back going the portal. We don't mind seeing a linebacker that was never going to touch the field hitting the portal. We don't even mind seeing a walk-on player hit the portal. You know, good wishes to him, best of luck to him. But we, we, we don't mind seeing, you know, those type of people, those type of individuals hit the portal. But when it becomes somebody with a name, somebody with some cachet, somebody with some uh, productivity, somebody with some attention, somebody that we know is a good player, then you get the ones that go, I'm concerned, this hurts, this ain't good, this sucks, what's going on, Saban, we, we thought we were not going to lose the good players, the productive players to the transfer portal. Now, to me, this doesn't come as a shock to me, j just due to last season, before it started, Keelan Robinson, he opted out due to the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And it was not Keelan's fault because when COVID first hit, we were all running around like chickens with our heads cut off trying to understand how do we combat this? How do we keep ourselves safe? How do we protect ourselves? And it was not just us as the regular everyday people, but people of medical science, we're wondering, what do we do? How do we foster these treatments? How do we create these treatments? How do we create this medicine? How do we, how do we get a vaccine? What do we do to help the American people? So with us being up in arms and with people of medical science up in arms, you can only imagine what the athletes were going through. And I don't know if Keelan told the coaching staff he was going to opt out. I don't know if he made this known to Coach Saban. I don't know uh, anything about that type of ordeal. What we do know is he opted out. And prior to that, Keelan Robinson was the back that Coach Saban said, you know, of everybody on the roster, he's the one that's got the juice, 
the get up and go, the speed, the burst, the acceleration that nobody on this roster, nobody in this rotation has. And Saban said this even with having someone like Najee Harris on the roster. So Saban had big thoughts. He had big plans. He had big ideas for Keelan. So when when Robinson opted out, Saban now has to take all of his attention and channel it into Roydale Williams and Jace McClellan. And when Keelan came back, you know, he came back bulked up. He came back with more muscle added to his frame there. But unfortunately, you know, he missed a full season of football. He was not around the team a full season. And, and when that happens and when the coaching staff has moved on to other guys, you lose the faith uh, You lose the faith of the coaching staff. And, and that's what happened for Keel. And he unfortunately you know, lost the faith of the coaching staff. They had him running from running back to wide receiver to returning kicks and punts and practice. And it's just too much there for Keel to handle. But definitely wish him well. Definitely wish him the best. But what this does now is this opens up a bigger conversation. And before we begin into that, with, with Robinson gone, there's potential for even another running back to exit stage left and another domino to fall. Now, if that domino does fall, it has to fall by July 1st. If it doesn't fall by July 1st, then Alabama will keep all six backs on the roster. But what this does, it opens up the conversation about who is the third back in the rotation? Who is going to be number three on the depth chart here for Saban and the Tide? I mean, Saban, during his first 14 years in Alabama, entering year 15 this fall, he's always rotated three backs. He's always had the power back or the hammer, the speed or the explosive back, and then the change of pace back, which offsets every opposing defense. So you've got your hammer and Brian Robinson, 6'1", 226, uh, runs guys over, hammer in, the tw- in between the tackles. You got your speed and explosive back with Jace McClellan. He's kind of established himself as that. But who becomes your third guy? Who becomes your change of pace back? And this opens the door for three players in the conversation. Now, uh, Kyle Edwards from Louisiana is also on the roster as well as the fourth guy, but he has a decision to make as well. Edwards did not play last year at all, so you got to see what what does Kyle Edwards do? What becomes of him here? But the three guys I'm referring to in this conversation, you look at Roydale Williams, Trey Sanders, and Kamar Wheaton those three right there in the conversation so starting this off with Roydell for me he came alive he came on big time this spring I mean this spring Roydell was like you're not gonna overlook me you're not gonna count me out I'm getting my respect I'm getting mine y'all gonna look at me y'all gonna focus on me and Roydell this past season, you know, he had some big moments when he got when he got a chance to get out there. Had a rushing touchdown against Kentucky, but in the spring, in two of the three scrimmages prior to the A-Day game, Roydell went off. And in the final scrimmage, you know, I was told, hey, this dude over 100 yards rushing, he's bouncing off tackles, he's pinballing off guys, broke a 40-yard run for a touchdown, looked like Josh Jacobs out there on the field. And then in the A-Day game, running with the first team with Bryce Young, Roydell, 108 total yards from scrimmage, including four catches for 65 yards. So he gets it done out of the backfield. He's got the power, the speed, the hands, the cutback ability. 
brings a lot to the table. And this is the same guy playing at Hueytown High School here in the Birmingham area, finished his career with over 5,000 rushing yards, 84 rushing touchdowns, 92 total scores. He's an in-state kid, so playing at Alabama, this means something to him. It means more to him. It matters to him. This is a big, huge deal. Huge moment for him. He's training with my guy, Leonard Stevens, step-by-step performance training in Birmingham. And I just remember when uh, he uh, was in a ceremony, ceremony, when he signed his letter of intent, he looked at reporters and he said, 2019 will be the last time Alabama misses out on the college football playoff because I'm coming to the Crimson Tide. So keep your eyes there on Rodell Williams. Second guy, Trey Sanders. And Trey's story has been documented uh, to the core, to every last detail. You know, Trey came in 2019, a huge five-star from Florida, played ball there at IMG Academy. All the physical tools, all the playmaking tools, he's got it all. People have compared him to a couple of NFL running backs due to his potential and his skill set. But thing with Trey is can he shake off this medical mishap injury thing that has clamped itself to him? Every time it seems like Sanders is taking a couple of steps forward, an injury happens, and he takes five steps back. Whether it was popping his foot in, in fall camp in 2019 or you know the car accident he was involved in last year, if he can find a way, any conceivable way, to shake loose from this injury, medical, this thing that just keeps holding him back from really doing something and becoming something here in Alabama. That's going to be huge uh, for Trey to do because he's got all the tools. He's got all the talent there. And then last but not least, Kamar Wheaton, the five-star freshman from, from Texas, Lakeview Centennial High School. Saban did not have to bring an extra running back in this class, but he was just like, I can't look away from Wheaton. I got to get him. And this kid possesses it all. He's got the size, speed, power, agility, cutback, hands, change of direction, whatever you want. This young man's got it, and he's not coming in here trying to be a red shirt. He's trying to find himself in the top three of this rotation, and you've already got fans being very high on Wheaton as well. So even though Robinson, killing Robinson in the transfer portal, Bama's got other guys. It's got a three-man race here. Who is going to be the number three back in this rotation? But, folks, that leads us to our first break on the show. Don't touch that down because upon our return, we get into a conversation with you, the Bama fans, after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and 
Ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes, making memories from scratch. As we're back into the action here, folks, on uh, the How to Show of Mysteries, number one forum for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed that Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. Had me a lot of good food, but thanking the veterans along the way as well. But we're back in here to the call segment. Call the call to take your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Ridge Gang, 205-448-1358. That is the number to let you your voice be heard right there 205-448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 we open up the phone lines with my man wayland what's going on brother how you feeling well it's wednesday had a good uh, memorial day weekend i hope everybody had a good memorial day weekend here and uh, all the veterans had a good day that's what this is all about uh, the freedom and the uh, rights we have in this country sometimes i think we try to throw them down the toilet and uh wad them up and throw them in the trash can and don't want to use them and forget about what's happened here but uh uh we we, the true people really know what this country stands for and that's what we're going to stand for and we're going to do what's right and uh, this uh you know down in alabama with these running backs uh every one of those guys you have to understand the point i'm going to make and i think you'll agree with me and say this all of those guys are five-star running backs. I mean, you lose one of them, you lose two of them. Say they go to Florida. One might go to Florida. Somebody might go to Georgia, uh, Auburn. These guys going to go somewhere. They know those teams are going to pick them up and they're going to play because they're just as good as, a, as the number one guy, number two guy. There ain't no such thing as that at Alabama anymore. There's not a one, two, three, four, and five guy. I don't think anymore at Alabama from what I saw last year. I watched Alabama for four dominant decades, and last year's team was the best Alabama team I've ever saw on offense. Now, defense, you can't argue with me. The 61 team was the best defense Alabama ever had because they only allowed 25 points a whole year. But offense-wise, last year's team is the best Alabama football team we ever had. And all of those guys were number one players. Even the guys that came in and rested the guys. Najee Harris, Smitty didn't even play the whole second half of the championship. My goodness, Stephen. I mean, these guys, I hope he goes somewhere besides the SEC because some of these teams in the SEC don't need these guys because these guys are top-notch football players. What do you think? They are. They are top-notch football players. And, 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 and Wangan. I agree with you. Last year's Alabama offense was something that we never seen before in terms of the way that group was able to score, the way that group was able to be explosive, and not just that, the way you were able to rotate every player and still had that massive production. So I, I agree with you. Well, you know, there's other teams mentioned, you know, in the SEC. That any team in the SEC I take this kid. I don't care where he goes. Every one of them, right now, they're chewing their tongue off. I, I, I hope he don't go to Clemson. I mean, I know Dabo Sweeney. I know what kind of mentality set he's got. He's got his mindset on another championship. He's done got to. I mean, you know, he, he has been knocked out and beat. You're going to be beat, but people knock him. 
I mean, I like Dabo. I, I've met him several different times. He's just, you know, he's a good coach. He's a good guy. He's out, He just wants to win. He got taught by the guys at Alabama, and that's the way you win. Go to school at Alabama, listen to the coaches, and you get what he gets, a big paycheck and two, two trophies at Clemson. Everybody's looking good in the chat. Y'all keep this going on here. I just wanted to come in here and comment on this. I talked to Stephen last night. Uh, everybody in the cities, towns, country, and the states, TD appreciates everybody, and I do too there. Y'all stay safe, and uh, I'll talk to y'all here in a few weeks. Stephen, keep them going, buddy. Y'all sounding good. Bye-bye, everyone. Appreciate the love there coming from Wayland. We go to our next man. It's the man, Senator, the man. high. Senator, what's going on, brother? What's going on, Stephen? What's going on, TDA family? What's good with everybody? How y'all doing today? Doing well, man. Enjoyed my Memorial Day weekend. I I told John Ivory I owe him his pork steak. I've been saying this the last couple of days here, so he may be he's about to get mad at me. So I, I gotta give him his pork steak now. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that, man. But um, one thing I did want to uh, great call by Waylon. Um, I just want I want to be. I want to be the other side. I want to be the other point of view for now. Um, Keelan Robinson, come on, guys. Uh, I mean, we saw the flashes. We saw everything. But we've seen that with Roy Dell Williams. We've seen that with Jason McClellan. Like, I don't think we're losing that. And then you got Kamar Wheaton. Go watch the film. Just turn the tape on for, for Wheaton. There's a reason why Nick Saban took an extra back. Um, K-Rock chose to opt out, which was, you know, more than in his right. And, you know, that was his personal decision last season. But um, I don't think he really counted up the cost. I don't think he really considered what he would miss out on if he didn't show up. You know, even if the season hadn't gone on, you know, t- uh, the coaches, the coaching staff is looking at those guys that say, hey, if my team is going to decide to play, if the university is going to let us play and my brothers are going to suit up, I'm going to suit up with them. And that's what Roydell Williams did. That's what B-Rob did. That's what McClellan did. That's what Najee did. You know, that, that's what those guys did. And, and it paid off for them. So now we know what to expect from Jace. We know what to expect from Roydell. We we see how deep our O-line is. So it's not a matter of, of can they, is who is he going to be? Because those two guys that I mentioned have already proven that what they can do behind the second string line. So, I mean, uh, I wish Keelan Robinson the best. But let's be honest, man, you know, Reeton coming in, we're not missing out on anything. And, and even if Trey leaves, you know, because that's what I, – I, I don't know why. I just had this small feeling if Trey doesn't get in that rotation early, we'll see him. If he's clear, if he doesn't get in that rotation early, I think Trey leaves us. Um, but if if he doesn't, man, I mean, we're not losing nothing, Steven. We're not hurting bad. And – um. Like I said, we just so deep at old line it, it, it really you can put one of the, the gray shirts back there and, and they gonna have a successful season. So um yeah, that's how I feel about that, man. Thanks for taking the call. Shout out to the chat, Blue Ridge Gang, T D A, all my family, roll tide. Love you guys. Appreciate Senator for that call right there. As we as we get ready to get back, we'll, we'll be back in the call now in just a moment here. We're gonna switch here to a little topic. And this goes to uh the Alabama secondary. The Bama secondary, check out the camaraderie going on here in the Bama secondary. We got Malachi Moore, Brian Branch, and Christian Story using their Memorial Day weekend to spend some time together off the field, playing some ball there outside. And uh, this is good. This is really good because if you look at this, the national championship teams defensively, under Nick Saban, when you discuss the 09 team, the 2011 team, the 2015 team, the 2017 team, just primarily on defense, 
what made those teams so good, and even the 2016 team, despite it not winning a title, uh, a national title that being, those groups defensively, they hung out together on the field. Whether it, off the field, whether it was going to bowling alleys together or going to, to, to friends' houses together or just you know, wherever they could hang out, they hung out together and they got a more understanding of, uh, you know, I know your tendencies, you know my tendencies, you know how I roll and move, I know how you roll and move, and they built that bond, they built that camaraderie off the field. And just to see the, the, the Bama secondary, to see uh, Malachi Moore, who played last year, Brian Branch, who played last year, and both did a phenomenal job, strong job. Christian Story, another young player who's looking to get an opportunity to see all three of those guys bonding off of the field together, playing some hoops outside. To me, this just bodes well for the Alabama secondary coming up here in the fall. Everybody on one key, everybody on one wave length. But we're going to actually take a short break, just a short, we're gonna, not a short, but we're going to go back to the call segment here. So as we go back to the call segment, we take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? What's going on, Stephen Collins from Demopolis? And we got Charles from DMOP in here. What's going on, Charles? Uh, not much. Keelan uh, Robinson transfer. Yeah, man, King gonna hit the King gonna hit, hit. He's hit the portal, man. He's looking for. He's looking to go elsewhere, man. He, he's looking to go to another school to to make something happen. I, I I hate he hit the portal, but we all knew that one of those backs was gonna go. Uh, where he going? I do not know where he's going. I don't know where he's going to go, Charles. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he could find himself in the SEC. He could find himself in a different power five. Could find himself in a, in a group of five school. I, I do not know off the top of my head where that young man's going to go. Well, well, all right. I did want to call Chuck. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate Real that time. coming from my man Charles of DMOP there. We take our next call. You're live on the show. What's going on with you? Hello, Stephen. This is Bill from New York City. How Bill you doing, from the brother? Big Apple. What's happening, man? You know, I'm sorry. I, I don't care that Robinson transferred. In fact, I, I take it as a good sign because he must have looked around and saw people like Wheaton and everybody else and said, I'm getting out of here. And, and, and my thing is, I've said it before, I think Alabama is going to be like a real Nick Saban team next year. I think they're going to be, like, defensively crazy. And with the rule changes in the NFL and in college, that's harder to do. But I think we're going to do it. I think our defense is going to be so strong. And, uh, you know, I'm more worried about the receivers like because of the guys we lost than running backs. I ain't even worried about that. And my thing is, your show's great and roll tide. Appreciate the love that come yeah. from Bill out of New York. And uh, just, to, just to answer Bill's thought right quick on the receivers, and I share that same sentiment, we know what Mechie can do. We have seen uh, bits and pieces of what Bolden can do. Slade Bolden, he's trying to take that next step. But then after those two, you know, who, who can be that guy? Because you got Baker and Trayshawn Holden kind of jocking there. You got Asia Hall, which he showed us a lot in the spring game, the freshman. Then you got guys like uh, Christian Leary and JoJo Earl. You got a lot of young cats 
at wide receiver. So behind Mechie, behind Bolden, but more, more so behind Mechie, who is going to be that guy that Nick Saban, that Coach Holman Wiggins can depend on to make things happen? And speaking of Coach Wiggins, congrats to him. Holman Wiggins, the only holdover offensively but from the Tides coaching staff this past season, he has gotten him a promotion. So he will no longer be the wide receivers coach. Well, he, will, he, will not, he will no longer just be the wide receivers coach, but he'll coach wide receivers and he'll be the assistant head coach for the offense. So a big promotion there for one Holman Wiggins. He deserves it. Got to shout out my man Spencer Reveille one time. That $5 donation in the Super Chats. Appreciate that love coming from Spencer helping us out here on the show. But folks, we're going to go to a quick break right now. But upon our return, when we get back, we'll dive into some other shakeups that's been happening with the Alabama roster as of late. You're listening to In My Own Words. start of the fourth quarter we throw them foes up but now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter get your four finger bling necklace at we own the fourth quarter.com it's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all crimson tide players and fans as we represent the legendary alabama football fourth quarter dominance get your four finger bling necklace right now at we own the fourth quarter.com get yours today and stun on them haters Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. As we're back into the action here, folks, from the break on a Wednesday hump day, number one ticket here for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Before jumping in here to the second topic of conversation, got some pretty cool comments going on here in the chat line. One coming from James Knox, who wrote in, y'all just send K-Rod back home to Maryland. Help him join, let him join Coach Michael Oxley so we can continue to build Bama football up north. <laughs> That's a good idea there, James. Send K-Rod back to Maryland, Big Ten. Let him join Coach Locks and Talia Tungavangoa as well and have that up north, that, that Bama up north connection where Maryland is concerned. Another question that hit the chat line was, was uh, what was my thoughts on the Georgia Bulldogs and the uh, recruiting that uh, Kirby Smart's been doing in the transfer portal, picking up the uh, the cornerback from Clemson and uh, uh, Eric Gilbert, or Eric Gilbert, the uh, tight end that left LSU, that sip a cup of coffee at Florida, and now is it Georgia? Well, Kirby's recruiting. Kirby's recruiting, but it, it, Kirby never had an issue with recruiting. Recruiting has never been the issue with Kirby Smart. I mean, he recruited well at Alabama. The thing with Kirby is can you not only can you bring the young players in, but can you bring them in, uh, control the five-star egos, but not just that, develop the players on the field, have the players trust what you're doing, 
and win championships. That's the step that Kirby's got to take. He can recruit. He can stomp down recruit straight up. But he's always been known for that. The question for Kirby, as he's bringing these players in, can he control the egos in the room? Can he develop the players that he has? And most importantly, can he take those players and as he's developing them, win championships with them on the field of play? Because Georgia has not hoisted a national championship since 1980. So that's the biggest deal with Kirby. It's not can he recruit. He can, straight up. But can he win? Can he win? Can he handle the egos? And can he develop the talent? But as we jump into now topic number two here, of the conversation, folks. There have been some other shakeups going on on the Alabama football roster as of late. When you look at there are two players, where there are two players that have not been on the roster. Uh, two players that have not been on the roster here, and that being uh, Jarez Parks, the outside linebacker, at number 23, and Charlie Scott, the punter, number 85. Both of those two have not been seen. Uh, on the roster, they've been left off. They're not left off. They've been removed from uh, roadtide.com. And what's interesting here is neither of the two have entered the transfer portal as of late. They have not entered. They could potentially enter. But neither of those two have entered the transfer portal as of right now. But the question here is just starting off with one, uh, uh, Jerez Parks. And, uh, and I've said this before, Alabama recruits major talent at four different positions. Nick Saban gets them at running back, wide receiver, defensive back, and linebacker. He gets them at all four of those positions. And for Parks, we remember his story. He was supposed to have came in for 2017 class from Florida. Bama was signing so many linebackers at the time. By the time it got to Parks, they could not get him. They could not sign him. And, and we saw the emotion that Parks had on national TV crying on the stage because he wanted to be at Bama so badly. The, the emotion, the raw passion, the raw uh, want to, to be a part of Crimson Tide football. And, of course, Coach Saban said, hey, you know, if you take the gray shirt, we'll bring you in in the spring of 2018. And, and when that happened, you know, U.S. fans and I myself, we, we were all pulling for Parks because we were like, man, he crying, he passionate, he emotional. He wants to be at Bama. Man, I hope that young man, I pray that young man gets on the field and becomes special, unfortunately. 2018 uh, did not pop. 2019 uh, parks did not pop, and then 2020, when you had a health, when you have a healthy Christopher Allen and when a Will Anderson as a freshman ready to take your head off, there's not going to be any room for you. And unfortunately, no room here for Jerez Parks because you got Allen, you've got Anderson. Then behind those two, you've got Drew Sanders and Chris Braswell and, and Dallas Turner and King Wakuda. You got to get all of these guys in that one room. So not enough space here for Jerez Parks to do what he would like to do and making plays on the field. So it's going to be interesting to see what becomes of him. And then when we look at Charlie Scott, Charlie Scott, uh, that waiver he had from Air Force Academy was not – he was not granted a second year for that waiver to play at Alabama. He was not granted a second season. So, uh, Charlie Scott – will not be back, and with Charlie Scott not not returning, this is the reason why Alabama brought in uh, 
Jack Martin from the transfer portal from Troy University. So just to set up this huge competition, I feel like when fall camp comes around, everybody will have their eyes on the quarterback room, as you should. Bryce Young has this huge lead, this massive lead, but you do want to see how Paul Tyson has progressed and has, and has he you know, gotten better over the summer. People will have their eyes on the running back room, on the wide receiver room, the offensive line room, and players on defense. But I feel like the punting battle is going to be one of the most interesting, intriguing ones because you got the battle of the boom foots. You got the battle of the boom feet. You got the battle of the two big legs when you talk Jack Martin and Ty P. Ryan. This is going to be interesting. Jack Martin... We've had him on the show, uh, averaged 46.1 yards per punt last year at Troy. Ty Piron, his freshman year, 2019, as a walk-on, played in six games, averaged 44.7 yards a punt. Both of these two are incredibly capable of hitting the ball 50, 60, 70 yards, skyrocket moonshots every single time. They have that type of ability, they have that type of capability to squeeze returners, to force fair catches, to allow the coverage team to get down there and cover the kicks. These two have that type of ability. The question becomes, which one of these two can do it consistently? That, that, that's the biggest thing from Coach Saban. He, he understands, hey, y'all got big, y'all got big feet, you got big legs, you can punt the football a mile away, but can you do this every single time? Can you not have a shank punt? Can you not have a shank kick? Because I'm not trying to see you go out there and you're striking the ball 50 yards here, 60 yards here, 50 yards there, and then the fourth punt is a 20-yard shank off the side of your foot. I, I ain't trying to have that. So uh, which one of these two – can consistently, you know, flip that field uh, exceptionally well and force the opposing offense to drive the ball the length of the field on the defense because that matters in college football. The, the last time Alabama had somebody like that to do that consistently was J.K. Scott from 2014 to 17. I often go back to that 2014 Bama that Bama uh, group there that defensively did not have a lot in the cupboard. And then you had a lot of young players who had to grow up and, and grow fast. And uh, part of the reason why that team was so successful, J.K. Scott was the MVP of that team, flipping the field every single time, putting that defense in the right situations. 2015, helping that group win the national championship. 2016, he was a big weapon, helping that defense out. Now, of course, that defense had Reuben Foster and Jonathan Allen and Tim Williams and folks just killing folks, but it, it was still great to have J.K. in that room, helping that defense as he saw fit doing it there. And then 2017, helping that group there to a national championship also. So, uh, punting is important. Flipping that field is important. So, we, we look at Piran. So, where is Ty Piran? Ty Piran's here. Ty Piran is on the campus. He's here. He's on the roster. He's on the team. I think, I think the biggest thing is with, with Piran, it's deeper than just, to me, the consistency. Because sometimes – you have things that, that, that go deeper in the college football. And uh, you look at – I remember, I remember when, when Alabama brought – when Bama brought Jeff Banks in. When Alabama brought Jeff Banks in to coach special teams in 2018. And, uh, you know, Banks did not necessarily recruit Piran. 
So because Banks did not necessarily recruit Piron, you play the players that you recruit. You play the players that you bring in. You play the players that you uh, have a hand guiding into the program. So because Jeff Banks did not have his hand guiding Piron into the program, Banks played the players that you know, he recruited in. And Coach Saban, we know how he likes to delegate jobs to the assistant coaches. When it comes down to who deserves to start, who needs to start, Coach Saban's going to bring that assistant coach into the room, and he's going to say, okay, Coach so-and-so, who should start at this spot? Okay, Coach so-and-so, you're coaching the wide receivers. Who do you think should start? Who's out there looking good? Who's out there looking productive? I- I'm going I'm to trust your word. I'm going to take your word. And even though P. Ryan may have been out there, you know, kicking the, kicking the ball and flipping the field and doing outstanding things, Jeff Banks just saw fit to not have him out there on the field. I don't know why. I really don't know why. But he's on the roster. He's on the depth chart. He's still here. And with Banks now at Texas, no longer at Alabama, and you got Drew Swoboda in here, now P. Ryan's going to get an actual fair shot at this thing to, to earn that job back. But it's between him and Jack Martin. you got two really strong eggs in here. going to be fun. But Jarez Parks, Charlie Scott, no longer listed on the roster. Uh, best wishes to those two, wherever those two could, could potentially end up. But we take another break here on the show. Upon our return, we jump back to the phone lines to take your calls right here on In My Own Words. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up, but now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. As we're back into the action from the break on a Wednesday hump day, number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got to shout out the man, Spencer Revely again. That $20 donation into the Super Chats. People, we are $5 away from meeting the goal. $5 away from meeting the daily Super Chat goal of $75. I know you guys can do it. Appreciate the love and the passion that you have making this 
your show. We appreciate the love there coming from Spencer. Before we get into the phone lines once again, got to remind you of Sean Alexander and uh, Sylvester Croom, two of the biggest pillars, two of the biggest legends of Alabama football. Both men have both men have been named to the 2022 ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Sean Alexander, who played running back from 1995 to 99. And congrats to Sylvester Croom, who was an offensive lineman, played at the center position, was a linebacker and a tight end for the tie from 1972 to 1974. Kudos to both men getting on the ballot for the Hall of Fame for college football. Now we got the $5 from Mocha Chakalaka Khan. Mocha Chakalaka Khan, that $5 donation. Appreciate it coming from Mocha. That Super Chat goal has been met. Appreciate you, the fans, helping us out here on the show. But we go to the phone, guys. Now we take your calls, 205. 205- 448-1358. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. 205-448-1358. We grab a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Steve, what's up, man? This is Jay from Sheffield. What's going on, Jay? I mean, I, I was doing good. And then I see Georgia got Eric Gilbert and uh, the Kendrick dude from Clemson. <laughs> And them boys some dogs, man. We man, that that's our that's our only competition this year is Georgia. I'm gonna that's say the this only though. Team we got to look out for. I'm gonna say this though. Both of those two are tremendous talents. They can play. They can flat out play. But like I said, Georgia's always been getting talent. There's there's never been a lack of talent on Kirby Smart's end. It's been a lack of can I control these egos? Can I develop this talent? And can I win with this talent? That's the step that Kirby's got to take. And there's a lot of pressure on him this year because Georgia fans are going, Kirby, we have not gotten to that land. We have not gotten to that title, that national trophy since 1980. They're getting restless over there in Athens. When are we going to finally get there? Oh, well, they ain't going to win because we're going back to back, baby. But, you know, that's other words. I D line got to I got to step got to step it up. I'm talking about tremendously, man. We we got to at least get some kind of sacks from just bringing three to four guys, man. And I just don't see us having those guys up the middle. You know, no Deron Payne. We ain't got no 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 Allen. We don't have those guys right now. And how can we get this pressure? Because that's gonna be the only way we gonna we gonna win it. Because we got okay. to get some pressure. Okay, we can't let we- nobody sit there. Okay, so we got Tim Smith, and Tim Smith, Tim Smith may not be an island, but he's a Quentin Williams, Christian Barmore type. You got a Tim Smith right there. You got a Jamil Burroughs right there. You got a Jamarian Latham right there. You got a Fedarian Mathis who can play. You're wondering, can we get a healthy Brian Ray? That's the only question mark on the defensive lines. Can he be healthy? But I feel like the pressure, well, you got Will Anderson coming at you. You got Will Anderson. You got Chris Allen coming at you. You, you. you got guys that you can rotate in to provide that pressure. But just on the front line, you got Tim Smith among a couple of others. But, Jay, we appreciate that call there You're, and, and that, that, that topic that you brought up there on Georgia. We take another call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Steve, this is Mike from Kentucky. How you doing tonight, brother? Mike, my man, what's going on with you? Did, did you enjoy your Memorial Day, man? Oh, man, I went fishing. I tore him up, brother. 
Can't beat it, man. Can't beat it. Yeah, I don't think we got any weaknesses on the defense. I think since we got this transfer kid from Tennessee, uh, what's his name, Caho? Toto. I never can get them. Yeah, I, I always have trouble with them names. We can blitz from anywhere on the field. I think we'll have the best pass rush in the country this year. I'm just trying to. I hate to see little. I'm just Rob. trying to get on the phone. I'm just trying to get on the phone, Mike. I'm trying to get on the phone and tell Pete Golden, look, bruh, have five different packages going. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody. I think quarterbacks are in big trouble when they play us this year. I don't think they're going to have time to throw the ball, much less go through their progressions. Good point right there, Mike Marion. Good point. To see little Rob leave, man, I really uh I was really liking that kid. He hits the hole quick, man. He's he's a little undersized, but the competition at Bama is just so fierce. You gotta be top shelf to be on that roster. It's it's incredible the the competition that those kids go through. I mean, they're our toughest competition is ourselves at practice. <laughs> This is true, and uh, with Kamar Wheaton in here, and, and I've mentioned this before, he's not coming in here to redshirt. He's coming in here to, to, to get in that top three. But we appreciate Mike from Kentucky, that call right there, helping us out here on the show. We take our next call. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, dude. How What's you doing, happening? man? Hey, nothing much. Um, I kind of scrolled through, and I was looking at uh, some of the stuff on the, on the comment section, uh, got some guys that are not really Alabama fans it looks like and uh, I'm not really much of an Alabama fan and I, I kind of tend to agree with some of the stuff these guys are saying I uh, uh, saw somebody in there talking about LSU or something like that and um, I kind of agree with them uh, you know I mean Alabama I mean it's been really good and I, I honestly think that the COVID year just kind of really was uh, uh, one of those things that just kind of really just helped them out you know only playing 12 games and um, not really getting a chance to have guys have much of a rest and, and things like that, and I just think the guy really lucky, and, you know, Matt Jones is, is okay, you know, not, not a bad guy, and, um, but, you know, I think that uh, the run is going to be over, you know. I think that uh, Ohio State, go Buckeyes, um, we're coming, as well as, I mean, I'm thinking Oklahoma, Clemson, these guys, are, and they're probably not even going to get out of the SEC. I think Georgia's probably going to be the other team uh, that's going to face in the, the playoffs, so uh, I just wanted to call in. Um, Kind of enjoying the, the off-season talk, and just want to get my little two cents in there. Good luck. Appreciate the call right there. We shall see. We shall see. Everybody talks in the off-season. Everybody talks until you get punched in the mouth. Everybody talks in the off-season. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? I'm coming in hot, Steve. It's your boy Senator. I'm back, man. Let me tell you, this LSU fan in the chat. Let me let me go ahead and put you on gang, bro. You talking about Florida almost beating us, man? Florida had how many injuries when they played LSU? I believe I believe I think their starting tight end was out. I believe their two starting wide receivers was out. And y'all still struggled against them boys. So don't come in here talking about what Florida almost did to Alabama when LSU wasn't even there to even put up a fight against Bama. So just chill out with that. Secondly, the guy came in talking about Georgia picking up Eric Gilbert. Y'all gotta understand Eric Gilbert is not a classroom player. He is not a classroom player. He couldn't stay at LSU. Them boys was about to put him out. He tried to get in at Florida. Florida was like, no, you got to have them academics right. You either got to kill somebody, be able to kill somebody, or your academics got to be right to enroll here at Florida. He couldn't cut that. Pickens got hurt at Georgia. Of course, he's going to take the opportunity. Eric Gilbert ain't nothing. You got to kill really somebody, something at all. Man, you, hey, 
you already know we don't got to go back. <laughs> we don't got to go back there. But yeah, man, Eric Gilbert is an opportunist, man. He's seen the position open up at Georgia. Hey, perfect spot. But you got to understand, Georgia got this weak offensive line that they're trying to put together. They got a lot of talent. Got a lot of talent, but them guys are not disciplined. I don't know what they got going on with their O-line, but that, that O-line did not look good last season. And they got a lot of questions. JT Daniels is not that guy at quarterback. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. And to answer the questions about our defensive line, our pressure up the middle, if you're an Alabama fan and you don't know the top, the talent that we got at D-line, I mean like 9, 10 deep, hey, go back and watch last season and look at how many young players we had to play. If Byron Young come healthy and LeBron Ray come back healthy, I don't see them guys getting a lot of reps, but that leadership in that room, you're going to see the younger guys thrive. That's all I got to say, man. LSU fans, please just hush, man. Please hush. Y'all, y'all lucky here with Joe Barrow getting getting to play that cupcake schedule. It, that, that'll have your fun. Enjoy it because that's the last one you're going to see for a while. And in the words of Coach O, nobody understands what he's saying. Bye. We got Tenor Hines coming in hot here on the show. We go to our next call. You're live on the show. What's going on? Stephen M., got a question for you, big dog. Go ahead, Spencer. And during this uh, spring practice and coming up, who do you feel is going to be our major inside bull rusher on the defense? Major inside bull rusher. I'm going to hit Here's a question I like to say. Major bull, major bull inside rusher, Tim Smith. Tim Smith's going to be major. Tim Smith's going to be major. I thought Tim Smith was outside. Tim, no, Tim, Tim Smith is inside. He's a tackle. He's a tackle. He's a D-tackle. We got a nose guard that you see that's going to be all up well, in it. Well, Tim, Tim's a, Tim's a nose guard. DJ Dale's a nose guard. You got a freshman coming in here, Damon Payne, uh, Who's a nose guard? Also, so, so you, you, you got all three of those guys. All right. Well, uh, I have to agree with you with Dale, but he was kind of injured. I hope he gets over that. Uh, Pain. His film looks great, so I hope he can produce. I mean, you, you got some young talent there, Spencer. But, but, but I feel like the playing time that T.M. Smith got last year, he's going to benefit from that this year. DJ Dale being fully healthy, we will definitely see what he does. But Bama's going to have the guys on that front line to get that pressure. We appreciate you, Spencer, there for that call. Bama's got the guys to get that pressure. Saban's got them on lock right now, ready to go. We take another call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? What's going on, Steven? It's your boy Scooby Loo from the NO, the third ward that man know you. Hey, I had to call in, bro. No, who are these people that just calling in talking all this? No, you know, hold up. You know, I, when I call in, Stephen, I'm always calling. I'm trying to give it a lot of positivity. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I like to just, you know, help you and support. I don't really want to call and talk no trash with nobody. But, you know, they're bringing that magnolia out of me. You heard me? So who, who these says is calling, talking all this crazy talk? I don't understand it. Alabama, we finna run right back to the championship. We're going to run it. We might, we may not lose another game in the next two years, bro. You hey. You understand? Hey. Scoop, Scoop, I'm happy they brought that Magnolia out of you. I'm, I'm happy they did that. No, they don't want that, Steve. <laughs> I promise they don't want that. Hey, appreciate it, Scoop, man. You be good, man. Appreciate, appreciate Scoob calling in there. Appreciate everybody calling in, giving their feedback here on the show. But 
interesting topic before we take our next break here, and this goes to there was a question on Twitter from ESPN's Ryan Clark, who also happens to be an alumnus of LSU. But Ryan Clark throws through the question out here on Twitter of the three quarterbacks that played at Alabama and had tremendous success for the Crimson Tide between Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, and Mac Jones. Which one will have the best pro career? And this one's tough. I mean, this is like picking who's your favorite child. This is like when you get that question from, from your child, Mommy, if me, Billy, and, and Michael were drowning and you had one life preserver, who would you save? I'm trying to die trying to save all three of y'all. I'm going to kill myself trying to save all three of y'all. No, don't make me choose which one of my kids I'm going to save. And that's kind of like this question right here. It's tough because, you know, uh, Matt, Hertz, Jones, and Tonga Vangoa all did something that will be remembered forever. But you look at, you know, Jalen, how he came out as a freshman and just took the game by storm and despite struggling as a sophomore bit and losing the starting job to Tua, but then coming off the bench in the 2018 SEC title game to have that poetic justice comeback moment, like that will be remembered forever. Tua Tagovailoa coming off the bench as a freshman to win the national championship game, like that will be for, remembered forever. Mac Jones in a COVID year, you didn't know what in the world was going to happen, and the way he played from start to finish, winning the national championship, that will be remembered forever. I mean, that that, that is a tough, difficult question, but if I had to choose, because we live in a culture where you got to choose, you got to pick, you can't be neutral, you got to pick now, son, you got to pick something because we live in a must-choose culture. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts simply off of everything this man has been through, this man has endured uh, from him being a coach's son back home in Channel View, Houston, Texas, to him getting coached hard by Nick Saban here at Alabama and all the and all the hoops he had to jump through here and then going to Oklahoma and even in the NFL draft process, folks kept saying Jalen changed positions of a quarterback. Well, Jalen, I think you'll make a great receiver. I'm a quarterback. Well, Jalen, I think I'm a quarterback. Well, I'm a quarterback. How many times have I tell it to you? Is you deaf? I'm a quarterback. So all of the stuff that Jalen had to go through throughout his entire football career since childhood, I'm going to pick him off just his sheer determination and push to get better in everything that he has the strongest pro career. But above all else, I think all three of them will have really huge careers, very strong careers here in the league. Jalen and Tua entering year two, and Mac Jones entering his rookie season coming up here in the fall. But that takes us to, folks, our final break right here. But upon our return, we get into a fun conversation. We're going to talk about the most, the top most underrated players, the five most underrated players of the Nick Saban era. We'll discuss it after this. If 
you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies when you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection. Go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. As we're back in from the break here, folks, on the number one topic, on the number one uh, uh, ticket, excuse me, for Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday. Appreciate everybody for tuning into the show, donating in, chatting in, calling in. 100% appreciate the passion that you show as the Crimson Tide fans, the Crimson Tide faithful. Got to also say this one more time. Congratulations to Sean Alexander and uh, Sylvester Croom, the two biggest pillars, the two biggest legends of Alabama football going into or on the ballot, on the 2022 ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. Proud of those two, Alexander and Sylvester Croom. But before we jump into the final topic of conversation, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. So for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Tides National Championship, we want you to check out our championship collection merch. Now this means you grab you an 18 of them things, folk. Hoodie, t-shirt, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18. We do shirts. Designs that feature all 18 championship years on the back. You head over to TDAware.com. Do it right now. TDAware.com, you go over Championship Connections merch tab, get you that gear today, showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student athletes, and us here at TDA. Got a shout out, run it up! One time, just became a member to TDA on YouTube, so congrats to run it up, having that membership here to the channel on today, but... This segment right here, and I'm happy to have this because, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we're at a point in time where there's not much going on in college football or Alabama football, for that matter. So we can have these top five lists and conversations to spark debate, to spark dialogue, things of that nature. And uh, we're going to look at, you know, underrated players, the most underrated players of the Coach Saban era. Because, uh, you know, throughout his coaching career for the Tide, Saban has always had, you know, a few guys that we didn't think starting off they were going to be good. We didn't think all out the gate they were going to be you know, big-time playmakers. We didn't think off the rip that, as our own John Ivory would say, that they were going to snap or they were going to go off or they were going to have, 
know, big major success. We thought that we, they would probably ride the bench their whole career or maybe do a little something-something. But we really did not think coming into the game that they were going to be very marquee contributors, uh, marquee valuable playmakers, but they became those guys. And, you know, Mac Jones was one of those guys, you know, underrated guy. And a lot of people felt like he was going to be, you know, starting quarterback and do what he did. And he became that guy, you know, Levi Wallace at the cornerback position, a walk on. You know, nobody thought coming in that Levi Wallace would be a shutdown corner in 2017 and have 15 pass breakups and three picks, including the pick six. Nobody in their mama thought that. But Levi Wallace did that. And there are others as well that, we're underrated guys, and by underrated, I'm referring to these three categories. Either, either number one, you were not valued high on the recruiting circuit. You, you may have should have been a four-star, but you were looked at as a three-star. You know, underrated that way. Or you were underrated due to the moment you came in. Not many people expected much out of you, but you end up proving people wrong. Or you may have been underrated in a sense of when you left the program, when you graduated from Alabama and pursued other endeavors, your importance kind of goes overlooked at times. So those three are the different elements of underrated. So we're going to look at here paying homage to some underrated players that could come from this year's team. Paying homage to that. I'm going to dive into my top five underrated players, most underrated guys of the Nick Saban era, starting from five to one here, John. At number five, give me Tony Brown. Tony Brown, underrated player number five, cornerback, played from 2014 to 2017, five-star from Texas. And, uh, you know, Tony, Tony was not the best coverage corner, like, you would not put Tony on the opposing team's best wide receiver. You you just were not going to do that. He was not the best coverage corner. At times, he was not the most disciplined player. But what Tony, but where Tony's value came in, Tony was that guy. And every defense, you got to have that guy. He may not have the best technique. He may not be the best no coverage guy on the field. But he's got the energy, the passion, the excitement, the nastiness, the intimidating fear factor. Like he's got he's got that certain edge, that certain swag that just that just fuels, that just puts an entire team together. That's what Tony Brown had. Like he loved the game so much that his thing was Operation Fear Factor. Operation Strike Fear in the heart of the opponent and have them discombobulated before the ball was even kicked off. That was Tony's role. Tony's job was to walk through the opposing team's practice with no shirt on and just say stuff and have the opposing team go, what the heck is this? He's crazy. Who is this? His mind ain't good, man. Tony was just to walk with the huddle, no shirt on, saying crap, getting people scared, you know, getting people confused. So by the time the ball was kicked off, you already had the team mentally defeated. Why? Because Tony Brown had already did his thing. And as good as the 2016 and 2017 defenses were with Jonathan Allen, and Jonathan Allen was a superstar, and Eddie Jackson, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and Deron Payne, and all of those guys, Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, Ruben Foster, they were all major superstars. At times, Tony Brown's importance kind of gets overlooked. But what he did 
putting that fear in your heart, having that Ed Reed, he got fear in his heart. I smell it. Having that type of mentality, you know, that mattered in Alabama. And everybody needs that type of player. Tony Brown, number five, most underrated guy of the Saban era. At number four, give me our Darius Stewart at wide receiver. Played from 2013 to 2016. And uh, AD, what was interesting about AD was, and I remember going back to a conversation I had on, on another show about how a friend of mine went to the open practice in August in 2013, and she saw our Darius Stewart catching everything thrown at him, and she was like, that dude right there, Stewart, that 13, he's going to be good. He's going to be real good. And our Darius Stewart ended up being good. I mean, people talk about Amari Cooper. They talk about Calvin Ridley. They talk about Judy and Ruggs and Smith and Waddle and all the other just major game-busting wide receivers. But Ardarius Stewart was really good. I mean, when you look at 2015 and 2016, those two years combined, Stewart 117 catches for 1,564 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, he was big time. Stewart was big time. 2016, I think he led the team in receiving yards and touchdowns that year, if I'm not mistaken. So, with Jalen Hurts as a freshman quarterback. So, our Darius Stewart meant a lot. And he carried that samurai sledgehammer sword with him, or that, or that, that sledgehammer all over the field. Like, he was just tough. He was physical. He was gritty. You, you did not outwork that dude. Number four, Sean Dion, uh, 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 our Darius Stewart, most underrated player there of a saving era. Number three, now we go to Sean Dion Hamilton. Now we go to SDH. And uh, as talented as he was physically, he was way more mentally gifted. Sean Dion Hamilton graduated Carver High School in Montgomery with a 4.0 GPA. The dude was just brilliant. Could break stuff down could dissect stuff down, would fly to the football, would put guys in the right position. Sean Deion Hamilton would literally look at Reuben Foster and go, Reuben, go here. Reuben, go there. Reuben, go that way. That's what SDH did. And he was a technician and a tactician on the field for the Crimson Tide. And unfortunately for him, he got hurt in 2016, was having a great year tore his knee in the SEC title game against Florida. Now, Rashawn Evans had to come in and replace him, and Rashawn did a great job. He had that goal line stand in that game, which was very reminiscent of the Barry Cross goal line stand between Alabama and Penn State back in 1979. But, uh, you know, Rashawn Evans didn't jump over the pile like Barry Cross did, but it was still a great goal line stand by Rashawn nonetheless. But still, you had fans going, if Sean Dion would have not gotten hurt, Bama would have beaten Clemson in the second national championship matchup that featured Deshaun Watson. But SDH was good. He was incredibly talented, incredibly gifted, just underrated player on this team. He's number three. Going on down to number two underrated player under in the Saban era, Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs, I don't understand how he was only a three-star when he came from McLean High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't understand it. Like, whoever was recruiting out there, they missed. They missed, and they missed hard. And when you watch this, when you watch that dude's film back in high school, ain't no way on God's earth that dude was a three-star. He, he, had, he had to be a four-star. Had to be a four-star. They had him listed as a three-star. 
And he comes in, you know, folks like Josh Jacobs, no, not really expecting him to do all that much. But then I remember one practice where he ran a linebacker over. And everybody was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And Josh Jacobs just stood over the linebacker like, yeah, I did it, what then? Yeah, I did it, what now then? And, and, and at that point, everybody knew this, this cat right here is nothing to mess with. And he became that cat that was nothing to mess with. I mean, 2018, uh, you know, he, he never was a full-time starter at Alabama. But 2018, what, 640 yards rushing, 240 yards receiving, a lot of kick return yards. Ended up with, what, 22 total touchdowns, something like that. Was drafted first round uh, in the uh, 2019 draft by the Las Vegas Raiders like Josh Jacobs did his thing. Came in undervalued, came in underrated. Nobody expected anything big from him. But when he ran that linebacker over in practice, and then as he as he continued to grow throughout his career, especially his final year, J.J., yeah, yeah, Josh Jacobs was the real deal. And then last but not least for me, number one in terms of most underrated players, Blake Sims. Blake Sims, and it's Blake for everything Blake went through. Blake you know, in high school, coming out of Gainesville, Georgia, not highly recruited, had, you know, issues there a little bit in the classroom before he got, you know, the grades together. He was almost going to go JUCO, ends up coming to Alabama in 2010. It was close, but he ended up coming. And then he, he was more so known as a runner versus a throwing a, a quarterback. He played everything from running back to wide receiver to DB to backup quarterback to kickoff and punt returner before he ultimately became a starter in 2014. I remember, you know, Blake had a horrible spring game in 2014. Horrible. I think he had two picks. One was a pick six. People wrote him off and said, look, man, we got the 6'5", 200-pound quarterback Jacob Coker coming in from Florida State. That's going to be our guy. Sims, he ain't it. He can't do it. He, he cannot do it. And Sims went to work. Went the train, got better, came back, took the job, game by game, got get by game, got better, 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 stronger, 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 and had a defense that did not have all that much in the cupboard to to start with, and still took that team, setting school records and all, still took that team to an SEC championship and won it, still took that team to the college football playoff. And if Lane Kiffin would have just ran the ball with Derrick Henry behind Cam Robinson, maybe Bama would have won a national championship with Blake Sims. But I digress there from that statement. I mean, Blake Sims, to me, doesn't get enough credit for what he did in 2014. That was a special year. That was a fun year. And if not for Blake Sims opening that door for athletic quarterbacks, does Alabama get a Jalen Hurts? Does Alabama get a Tua Tagovailoa? Does Alabama even get a Jalen Milrow? If not for Blake Sims opening that door, probably not. So kudos there uh, to Blake for everything that he did. He may be underrated by a lot of people, but he's not underrated in my book. That man played show enough good football. We actually have a call here coming to the show. You're live on the show. What's going on? Blake, this is Jay uh, from Sheffield. Man, when I'm talking about D-line, I'm talking we need to be able to stop the run. Uh, we ain't had nobody that's, that's really stepping up, stopping the run. Like, like 
like oh, you know what I mean? That's what I mean when I say D line. When I say D line, I don't mean Will Anderson them either. They outside linebackers. We need somebody that can get to the passer up the middle. But that's all I wanted, man. Appreciate the show, dog. Appreciate it. Appreciate you calling in, but but the guys on the line, yes, Tim Smith, DJ Dill, hope, hope be healthy, LeBron Ray, Byron Young, Justin the Boy, be those are the guys on the D line among others. Got appreciate the call there. We take another call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Stephen M. What's happening? Hey, uh, in answer to the question of who had the best career of Mac Jones, uh, Jenna Hurst or Tua, I mean I'd go by you know the guy who. I'm assuming we're meaning their season now. This uh, will be Mac Jones. He did the most with the talent he had during his season when he finally got a season. And we're talking about, you know, I guess, talking about all the guys when they finally get it in gear. Uh, for Alabama, he did the most with what he had. He, uh, you can say, he, he didn't have all, you know, all four great receivers at one time. When he uh, finally got seasoned, he only had two. I don't know, match is good, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't one of the big four. And uh, and he, you know, and it, it made it look easy last year, where you know, Tua had all four of them, and there was the struggles. Uh, and Jalen, of course, had his struggles. And then, and Alabama, now, we're not talking about what Jim did in Oklahoma. They were they're playing different competition in Oklahoma, so not sure if it won't count that. But you know, you go, who, who did what when they were out Alabama? If if that tra- if we want to translate that over to the uh, NBA NFL, which I don't think we can do, well then I'd say it would be Mac Jones that have the uh, best career uh, based on you know okay when you had all the talent what did you do uh, what uh, what did you do like he did at Alabama so I'll go with Mac Jones uh, personally oh and I agree with you on your top five uh, I would throw Mac Jones in there based on what you what your criteria was as far as uh, you know underrated. And I'll perform their rating. I'll put Mac Jones, Mac Jones in there probably as well. But that's, that was my thought on it. Good point there, Robert. Good point. I appreciate Robert from Mobile calling in as well. But that was just my list five underrated players there, most underrated of the Saban era. But as always, Todd Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, and material on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store, if you got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday. Continuing the conversation that is Tide Football. As always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. If you're also trying to be among the first to get you that fresh copy, that new copy, that print copy of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member, a subscriber today. That link in the description. And if you're also trying to get your hands on that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of we own the fourth quarter.com. 
that link in the description also. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children, continue doing the right thing, the fun thing, the smart thing, the legitimate thing to not be bored. You get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. But hold on. Before we do that, we got Mocha Shakalaka Con one more time. That $20 donation and the Super Chats. Appreciate that from Mocha. But until next time, folks, it's been in my own words. See you guys on Friday.